0: Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 49 Fix Your Spouse by Fixing This. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me today, where we are going to take a closer look at the concept of fixing our spouse. And I want to start off with a little story of something that happened earlier this week. So my youngest son, who is seven years old, really likes music. And this particular child of mine seems to get really passionate about the things that he likes. He seems to go all in. Now, he does like a wide variety of music, ranging anywhere from the Beastie Boys to Metric and even some classic 80s music. But one of the bands he has really enjoyed over the years has been Imagine Dragons. So, while we were driving around last week, their latest song called Follow You came on the radio My son immediately recognized their sound and the voice of the main singer right away and asked me to leave the song on so that we could hear the entire thing. Now, it was fabulous. We all loved this song. And I have to give a shout out to whoever produced the video because it is so funny. And we have watched it so many times and just have loved watching it. Now, this song seems to be about being there for your loved one and maybe even your spouse in particular when they are going through a hard time. But there was one part in particular that really stood out to me as we were listening because it was just a little bit different than what we often hear in songs. In the bridge of the song where they slow things down just a bit and have a little more harmony, the words go like this. You're not the type to give yourself enough love. She lives her life hand in a tight glove. I wish that I could fix it. I could fix it for you. But instead, I'll be right here coming through. So the part that really caught my attention was the part that had to do with fixing We often hear songs where someone says that they're going to fix everything for the other person, right? And for the most part, that usually sounds pretty nice and thoughtful and caring and even romantic. And I think we often wish that someone would just come in and fix everything for us. But when they can't or when they don't, then we actually start to think that something has gone very wrong. And then sometimes our brain will just get on that runaway train and will continue to think all kinds of thoughts that go along with it. Like they aren't caring because they didn't fix things or that they aren't nice or thoughtful or romantic. We may start to look at our spouse as not having these characteristics because they aren't fixing our problems. And when we view our spouse as not meeting our needs and somehow not doing their part, I know that for most of my female clients, these types of thoughts are the ones that keep us from being in the mood to be intimate with our husband. But in this song, the main singer, Dan Reynolds, talks about how he wishes he could fix things for her, who I think he's writing this song up to his wife, but that instead he would be there for her while she goes through what she is going through and that he would come through for her. Now, from a life coaching perspective, I absolutely love this take on the challenges that come up in the marriage relationship. This is such a fabulous point because what we often do in relationships when we face hard times is blame the other person. And this small but significant change in perspective is this, that we each have our own challenges and we each have to work on them ourselves. Neither one of us can totally and completely fix the other or force them to change. But we can for sure be there for one another during the process of change and for the journey of it all. And that is truly a beautiful thing to watch another person face difficulty and to struggle, to ponder and to pray to seek wisdom and guidance, to try things out, and to start to progress in a way that is healthy, beneficial, and fulfilling. Now let's take a moment to define the word fix and maybe see why this word might get us a bit trapped when it comes to trying to improve things in our relationship. So the word fix can be defined as To direct one's attention or efforts. To make something whole or able to work properly. To repair something. To deal with or correct a problem. To spay or castrate. To influence the actions, outcome, or effect of something by improper or illegal methods. To get even with. To set in order to set or place definitely, to make an accurate determination of, to give a permanent or final form to, and to make firm or stable. So let's think about the connotations that most of these definitions have, that something is wrong with us. These types of thoughts will usually lead to lower self-esteem, making it even harder to change or fix things. But a more empowering way to view it is that if we want our spouse to fix things in themselves and in the marriage, that means that we want things to be more stable and more permanent and more comfortable for ourselves. And we want those things to happen right now. We want them to be all of that perfection right now. And if it's not happening right now, we give way to the false notion that our spouse will continue to be damaged or broken permanently without any hope of becoming better in the future. This also goes along to mean that we do not want to experience the uncomfortableness that comes with our own imperfections and with our spouse's imperfections. And we don't want to wait around during this uncomfortable experience. We want them to hurry up already and become more perfect so that we don't have to continue to feel this uncomfortable. But we really need to pause and ask ourselves, really? Like, what's the big deal with being uncomfortable? So what if I'm uncomfortable when my spouse and I have different ways that we like to spend our free time? So what's the big deal if I'm uncomfortable that my spouse uses short and to-the-point sentences when mine are more soft? We don't need to fix our spouse's communication tactics. We simply need to fix the way that we are thinking about communication. They're just different ways, not right or wrong. Being able to exist and be rational in the zone of uncomfortableness is a skill that cannot be underestimated. And the important thing to realize here is that the experience of being uncomfortable is the exact place where change happens. No uncomfortableness usually means no change is taking place because change is uncomfortable. So if we want our spouse to change, we also need to be willing to feel uncomfortable ourselves while they are in the process of changing. Imagine if we were to start looking at being uncomfortable as the exact skill that we need to embrace so that we can experience change in an entire new way, both with ourselves and with our spouse. So also this week, my husband Nick went to St. George with some of our older boys to meet up with some family and to watch his brother and cousin compete in a half Ironman race. At the end of the day, they were driving home after dinner and got home pretty late. As I was missing my husband and looking forward to him coming back and kind of getting in the mood, it quickly changed as he shared just a little piece of information that seemed to distract me from how I had been feeling. So I expressed to him that I was getting distracted and suggested that we talk about something else instead. He happily agreed and then fell asleep mid-conversation. I was pretty tired too and must have fallen asleep shortly afterwards. The next morning, we were getting breakfast ready and he looked at me and said, last night was awesome. (laughs) I was confused for just a few seconds because I knew that we had not been intimate with each other. So I wasn't really sure what he was talking about. But then he smiled at me because he realized that he had fallen asleep when he actually wanted and knew that I also wanted to be intimate. I had to smile back because in that moment, I realized just how far we had actually come on this very topic of intimacy. In the past, this type of comment would have come from a totally different place, where there would have been thoughts of things going wrong or feeling unwanted or missing out. There would usually be blame somewhere in the mix as well. Who was to blame that we fell asleep or stayed asleep? Who was to blame for not initiating intimacy? Who was to blame that we had that particular conversation that night? I would have thought that he shouldn't just be thinking about sex so much, but should just grow up a bit and stop acting like such a teenager already. And I'm sure he would have had quite a few thoughts about what I should be doing as well. But not anymore. The exact same situation we had faced before no longer brought with it thoughts that implied that we weren't attractive enough or that intimacy was the only thing that mattered or that something was wrong with our spouse that needed to be fixed. Years ago, this exact same situation would have brought blaming our spouse for all of it and thus the responsibility to fix it in their hands and not our own. The problem at that point would be that each spouse would be trying to get the other one to fix things. But now we were both in a totally different place both mentally and emotionally. And none of those old thoughts came up or the negative feelings that would often come along with it. We were able to smile and laugh with one another about it. And that came as a result of both of us working on ourselves and not trying to fix the other person. This brings me to a concept that I absolutely am obsessed with and totally love. It's called holding your heart space. Now, I want you to imagine your heart as the place where all of your emotions live. Our heart is where we feel all of the good feelings and all of the bad ones as well. But I want you to imagine that there is a space there in your heart. And it's an open space that has yet to be filled And this space has a specific purpose, and it is left open on purpose. This is a place we choose to hold open so that it's available for our spouse to do some of their own personal work in. And it is not to be filled in with our judgments of them or how we think they are supposed to be approaching things or how we think they are doing on their life's journey as a human being in this world. This space is meant to be left open so that curiosity, wonder, and fascination can exist there, inviting us to tap into that side of ourselves that remains open to the possibilities of what can become and what can be created. This can be so powerful for both spouses. Let's say that a wife is really bothered that her husband wants to be intimate with her twice each day and that he seeks her out for it. Now, everyone listening to this right now will already have quite a few thoughts about what I just said. Many of the women listening will think, what an animal. Your wife is not just there to meet your sexual needs. Women are not just objects to be used whenever you want, and so on and so forth. And some of the husbands might be thinking, that would be awesome. I wish that would happen for me. Why didn't I get that? I am missing out, and so on and so on. Now, the point of me bringing this up is not to say which thoughts are right or wrong in this situation, but it's to take a closer look at the heart space and how it's being held and finding the thoughts that actually keep it open for our spouse so that they can do the personal work that they might need to be doing without being judged or criticized or shut out. So what thoughts would help us keep our heart space open for our spouse's growth and development? Here are just a few ideas that might help. This is the exact time for me to be more patient with my spouse's growth in how they view intimacy. This is totally normal for them to be acting this way, with the limited information they have about intimacy. They haven't quite figured out how to approach intimacy differently yet, and that's totally okay. I can totally be uncomfortable with their unique requests and not taking it personally. I know that in time, they are probably going to think about this quite differently than they do right now. I wonder what it means for them when I totally agree with ease. And I wonder what it means for them when I'm totally not interested at all. I wonder what it means for them personally if they aren't intimate twice a day. What do they make that mean? So when we are truly fascinated and genuinely curious about the thoughts that drive our spouse's emotions and actions and we keep that heart space open for the answers to linger around in and be observed, we are really giving them a chance to find something out about themselves that may not have been so obvious. This can be quite an opportunity for them to have something revealed to themselves in a way that is profound and moving. And we can be a part of that. And we can be a witness to that. Which is quite an incredible thing to watch. A witness is a person who can give evidence that something has taken place or the facts of an event. As each spouse starts to do their own mental and emotional work, they will be able to have their own personal knowledge and evidence of the change that took place within themselves. And as they hold that heart space open for their spouse, they will be able to witness and experience their change as well. As we take on the idea of being a witness to our spouse's change, this can increase our desire to keep our heart space open and our skill to be able to do so as well. Being a witness and being able to experience our spouse's changes through holding that heart space open is a skill that all of us can acquire. I remember in my late teens or maybe my early 20s reading a quote on a piece of wood that really stood out to me and I really, really have loved it over the years. It says, don't worry, God's not finished with me yet. This is holding the heart space. God doesn't give up on us. He believes in us and what we can become, even when we are far from that right now. And this is the same type of motto that we need to have towards our spouse, where we can think, don't worry, God's not finished with them yet. This gives us hope. This can give us strength and patience. This can also give us faith and heavenly help and confidence that our spouse is totally capable of doing the work that they need to get done. This gives us the ability to trust in the timing of it all and that it will happen just as it's meant to happen. When we make the decision to hold our heart open for the growth of our spouse to take place, this is leaving a part of ourselves open open to the fact that humans are far from perfect and we become more open to watch the transformation and to be a witness of their growth, of what they are becoming and what they have accomplished already. It leaves a part of us open to the fact that our spouses are just humans who are far from being perfect spouses and that they need room to grow. And that they need a space that is available just for that, for their growth and for them figuring things out. The heart space we can keep open for our spouse to figure things out without judgment can be one of the most beautiful ways that we show true, unconditional love for them. To be able to accept that there is still growth that needs to take place on their timetable and not our own is usually when true change begins. Most human beings are still trying to figure themselves out, let alone have the ability to figure someone else out and fix all of their problems. I wonder if we can imagine that our heart space has a neon sign on it that is flashing with the word open on it. To act as a reminder to not close it up when our spouse may need it the most. I know from personal experience that in those very moments when I was the most bothered or the most upset or the most frustrated and the most reliant on wanting my husband to just change or fix things was the exact perfect time that I needed that heart space to remain open for him to be able to step inside freely and to be able to reflect And to be able to ponder on the thoughts that he was having. And to challenge the feelings he was feeling. And to increase his awareness of how it all was affecting his life. As I kept a space open in my heart for my own personal growth and development. A place that was free from self-judgment. A place where I had hope for my own transformation. I was able to feel invigorated, alive, and empowered. And it became natural for me to want to be able to keep that space in my heart open for my husband to be able to have that experience himself, to be able to work things out as well. When I was able to do the work for myself, then he was able to do his work too. Sometimes we get caught up in the timing of doing this type of work. I wonder why we do this. If the end result is that both the husband and the wife come out far better off than they ever would have been, why do we get caught up in who goes first? This is a trap that we often get stuck in. When we are in the process of fixing ourselves, what we don't realize is that we are totally in the process of fixing our spouse. This is is powerful stuff it's just that it's happening in a totally different way than how we imagined or envisioned where we just tell our spouse to change so let me repeat fixing ourselves is fixing our spouse let's let that sink in and simmer and percolate I hope that every woman or wife listening to this will remember that Eve was a trailblazer, taking the first steps that needed to be taken because she desired wisdom and the change that would come with that wisdom. She did not wait around for Adam to fix or solve anything about their situation. And I also hope that every husband listening to this will remember the same thing. Fixing yourself is fixing your spouse. Let that sink in deeply. And also remember that Adam totally paid attention to what Eve, his wife, was telling him and explaining to him and that he listened to her He thought about what she was saying to him. He considered what she was saying. And then he went all in. He did not let pride or prior expectations get in the way. And the results were amazing. Look at all that they created. And as an added bonus, when we are focused on fixing ourselves, and not focused on fixing our spouse, we become different in the process so that as we continue to focus on ourselves, we see less and focus less on our spouse's flaws and we actually view them as better and less in need of fixing. And that really is an awesome bonus. As we view ourselves and our process differently, we view our spouse and their process differently. And that is a total win for everyone. Sometimes we also get caught up thinking that if we start doing all of the work, that we will always be the one to do all of the work by ourselves and that our spouse somehow escapes it. But that just isn't the case. We all do our own personal work. It's just that we do it at different times. And actually, it's not often that we are working on the exact same things at the exact same time. But when we continue to have this expectation, this is usually what doesn't work. Because one spouse is usually not really ready to start working on something at the exact same time that the other one is ready. So let's let go of that expectation so that it doesn't hold us back from making progress. Instead, let's imagine that the ideal environment for marital progress will be made with one spouse responsible for doing their own personal work and the other spouse responsible for doing their own personal work each at their own times, which will then create the exact situations that end up inspiring one another to then take the next step towards doing more of their own personal work. Women, trust me on this, and you husbands too. If you are doing your own personal thought work, your spouse will do theirs too. It just won't be at the exact same time and that is totally normal and that is also totally okay and when you both end up doing the work at your own times and the end results are amazing, it won't matter one bit who did it first. The level of satisfaction and happiness that you will feel will make that notion seem very petty and totally insignificant. Mental health and emotional health is not something that can be rushed or forced, but when we start doing the real work on ourselves first, we end up creating such a new and exciting environment for our spouse to experience that they really end up having their own desire to know more, to do more, to experience more, and to become more all on their own. And that is truly the best way where there is no resentment involved, from feeling forced into changing or fixing or any of the things that bring all of that resistance. Leaving our heart space open for hope and faith is so much more inviting. I remember about three years ago when Nick and I were having a discussion about something he was trying to figure out. I remember trying to keep my heart space open for him, to not be judgmental so that he could start to gain a higher level of awareness of his own thoughts. As he was able to feel that space was open for him to explore without my judgment on him, things started to unlock in his mind and he started to see things in a whole new way. This is the power of keeping our heart space open. He started to see things differently and he started to change in some ways that he never even imagined were possible. His creativity skyrocketed. We cannot underestimate how powerful it can be to hold that space open in our hearts for our spouse to be able to do the work that they are meant to do and to grow in the ways that they are meant to grow there is a deep level of unlocking that will take place when this type of work really starts to happen. When we do it for ourselves, we will feel like a part of our mind that we never even knew existed is being unlocked for the first time, and we will start to see the world differently. This is an awesome place to be because this is where we experience life as fun, vibrant, full of possibilities and totally alive. All of that started to happen for Nick about three years ago. And just three days ago, Nick and I were having another discussion where we were trying to figure some other things out. And I remember sitting back and just listening to him totally in awe because I knew exactly what he was experiencing. The pure excitement of seeing the world with all of its possibilities, thinking in new ways, and how he was going to use his creativity in all the things he wanted to pursue. What a difference. I was so happy for him because he was experiencing true personal growth and happiness in a way that was exciting, meaningful, and totally fun. Now, with all of that being said, Something very exciting is in the works. I actually don't think I can contain my excitement anymore. So Nick and I have talked quite a bit about this and the time has come where we are going to join forces and start on a journey of building our coaching business together. We never imagined something like this would happen so quickly but we can see the value of doing this work together to help marriages thrive in an ever-changing and difficult world. Nick is making a major career change and is giving up incredible opportunities to be able to embark on this amazing journey with me. And he has experienced the deep level of satisfaction that comes from doing this work And he wants to be able to help others have their own experience as well. He wants to be able to offer the male perspective and to be able to challenge the men, the husbands, in a whole new way. As well as show them the awesomeness that comes from doing it. We will experience all kinds of new things as well as new challenges as we start this journey together. And we will be living proof of how to use life coaching skills in real time to get through some of life's rocky moments. So be on the lookout for him and for the amazing things that are coming on the horizon. And in the meantime, remember to hold your heart space open for each other. And if you really want to fix your spouse, you've got to fix yourself first. And remember, the more you restore that intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.